On today's Sports and Rec, we talk about week 14 of the NFL, a little bit about college football, and the upcoming NBA season. Then we continue our Parks and Rec rewatch with a discussion of episodes 7, 8, and 9 of season 4. Hope you enjoy the pod. Sports and Rec. I'm Anthony Restivo alongside Casey McGarvey. Today is Friday, December 18th, and the Steelers have their second loss. Two in a row, man. They are falling off a cliff. No, I'm just kidding. They're not doing that bad. But big game against the Bills. Weren't able to pull it out. Very, very impressive performance by the entire Bills team, specifically Josh Allen. Really strong performance by him. Definitely thinks think he's now in the uh, conversation for MVP, even if he might not actually win it. I think he's thrown himself into that mix for sure to at least be included in the conversation. But very impressive performance by them. Not too surprising. The Steelers have had a tough stretch of weeks uh, to have to deal with and, and kind of get back on uh, some like rest and a lot of games in a, in a short amount of time. Uh, how do you feel about it? I think you hit on the head uh, again, another week of them dropping passes and they're dealing with some injuries. Um, not the time of year you want to have these things happening, but they still have time to right the ship. Uh, this week against the Bengals, I think is a good one. You know, not a good Bengals team. Let's get a big win. Let's score some points um, and get back on the right track. So I mean, the sky's not falling yet, but not a time of year you want this stuff happening. But at the same time, I'm still – Still confident them. Defense looked good at a lot of times against the Bills. Um, the offense just needs to kind of pull their weight a little more, and we need to make sure we're catching the ball. Yeah, I think they'll right the ship, obviously, and it's kind of good to get some of these hiccups out of the way. Hopefully they can get healthy. They don't have to, like, try to put all of their energy towards trying to get the one seed or going undefeated. They can kind of just focus and, on getting healthy, getting uh, back to the quality of play that they had earlier in the season, and um, get ready for the playoffs. Um, and it wasn't like they got blown out by the Bills. Just Bills put up a really strong performance and, and really took it to, uh, took it to the Steelers, um, which it was an away game too for the Steelers. So even if the Bills didn't have fans there, it's still uh, yeah, traveled, travel time and, and Buffalo is not an easy place to play. There was even snow at some point in that game. Um, now, I do think it was a really strong performance by the Bills, though. Um, Josh Allen can still have his his weird, you know, brain fart moments, um, but 
generally has been way more consistent than any other year. And I'm starting to, this is him starting to kind of win me over as a, as a solid quarterback in this league. Um, do you think the bills have a chance of beating the, the chiefs? No. If they meet in the playoffs? No, not yet. Um, I'm more confident it'll be a good game, but I think overall, top to bottom, not even the Holmes-Allen conversation, but I think just top to bottom, the Chiefs have so many weapons um, and more than the Bills have. They're playing well. I think it'll be a great game, um, but I'm still I'm still taking the Chiefs. Yeah, they did play each other earlier in the year. Uh, it was a nine-point win for the Chiefs, 26-17. Um, very different time for both of those teams. Uh, Josh Allen has obviously progressed quite a bit. Um, but it, and maybe it gives them a little bit of confidence to know that they weren't completely out of it. But like you said, I think it takes quite a performance to take down the Chiefs. Um, we've seen it with the Raiders twice, had to put up like 30-plus points against them. Um, and they only were able to win one. And I think that game even went to overtime. And then uh, the Dolphins put up a pretty strong performance against them, really impressive by them, in a game where the Chiefs were not their best, actually pretty sloppy. There were three picks by Mahomes, um, took a special teams touchdown, but again, that's where the Chiefs are special, though, um, because I think the only way you can beat the Chiefs is you have to be perfect, mm -hmm. and, then they, and then the other team, like the Chiefs, have to be very sloppy. You need another two to three interception game by Mahomes, which is very, very rare. He had only thrown two interceptions up to that point with like 30 plus touchdowns. Um, and so you'd have to have all those things kind of working in your favor. So even the Dolphins putting up a very strong performance, almost putting up 30 points on them, getting three uh, picks from um, Mahomes, and they still lost. So you got to play perfect against them, I think. And, and I think they know what it takes now too. So um, very tough. Trevor, question for you. Who is leading the league in receiving yards? Uh, Diggs. Uh, maybe, I, don't, I thought it was Travis Kelsey. Off the look, I wouldn't be surprised. Which is, I was surprised. They were sharing that stat, but I guess if uh, I do, <laughs> Diggs did have a really big game um, that night, so maybe actually he passed it. Um, but even still, Travis Kelsey would be, he was at one point leading the entire league in, in receiving. Um, which would be the first time a tight end's ever done that before. Um, just a sign of how, <laughs> how spread out that team is because you would think Tyreek Hill, who's scoring. No, right. um, Kelsey, Metcalf, Diggs. Yeah. So just a sign of the amount of weapons when you're the leading receiver is a tight end um, in the entire league and for your team. Um, and you're still like crushing teams. So uh, just crazy, crazy, fun little stat there. Um, now, do you think the Steelers now still are the two seed? Um, Bills are now only one game behind them. Do you think the Steelers can hold on to that two seed? Yes. Um, I think they get back on the right track with a win this week um, with playing the Bengals. And then I believe they finish with the Browns, which will be a heck of a game. Um I'm just pulling up the standings right now, or excuse me, the Steelers' schedule. Um, yeah, and they finished with the Browns, which is going to be – well, they have the Colts in there too. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I would rather be the Bills right now with the schedule they have with the Broncos 
Patriots, Dolphins. Um, Broncos not a good team right now. Um, <clears throat> uh, Patriots, who knows what team will show up. Um, I don't think the Patriots can score with the, um, with the Bills. And Dolphins haven't been playing great. Yeah, good showing against the, the, the Chiefs, I'll give them that. Um, Chiefs played down in the competition a little bit, but um, but the Dolphins still played right. But I would rather have the Bills scheduled to end of the year than the Steelers. Yeah, I do think it puts them in a good shape. That's why I was wondering if you think that's two tough games for the Steelers to go, and I think they might lose at least one more of those, especially with the Colts needing to win and the Browns also kind of needing to win. Um, plus that just being a rivalry game anyway. Um, whereas the Bills have are really like just rolling and want to win the AFC East. They're going to most likely get there. It's still technically here. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting stretch there. Not that there's a huge benefit anymore to getting the two seeds. You're not getting the buy that you used to get in previous years. So, uh, But it does put you further away from playing the Chiefs, which you probably do want to avoid as long as you can, at least to get to that uh, AFC championship game. Uh, but it's going to be a good, good and fun uh, finish in the AFC and the NFC too for for some of those seating positions. But um, but speaking of the AFC and the Browns, we saw an incredible game between the Ravens and the Browns uh, on Monday night. Uh, was that the game of the year? Do you think? I just want to put a stat there: thirty-five total points were scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was a wild game. Including, uh, I think it was eight, 17 or 18 points in the last two minutes of the game. Do you, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, I think it would be the game of the year. I was going to say, do some of the, like, the absolute atrocious Falcon downfalls fall in there for epic finishes. But uh, overall, I think you're right. I think it probably was the game of the year currently. Um, I think there are a number of opportunities over these next three weeks for that to be dethroned, but it, I think it high scoring game in Monday. I'm not going to say that. I don't, I'm not sure, but, um, high scoring game for a Monday night. Oh yeah. 89 points between the two. Um, incredible performance by Lamar. I mean, um, like putting the team on his back, he had some. I don't know what it was. He had to run to the locker room, we'll just say, <laughs> for a variety of different reasons, a lot of speculation. Um, but came back out and put up uh, a game-winning drive um, twice. What he thought was the first one was a game-winning drive, and then the second one when he did it again to get them into field goal range. Um, and then, like I, I think we had talked about this last week, it was a must-win for the Ravens. They needed to win that game. Browns were... Still in kind of good shape and an incredible performance by them to, to stick with uh, the Ravens during this kind of game. But um, the Ravens were a must win. They're now technically just outside of the playoff behind the Dolphins based on like tiebreaker scenarios. But they've now put themselves in a position to kind of sneak into the playoffs, which I mean, if it's Bills or Steelers, Ravens in that, that game, that's a incredible first round game and a very tough very tough game for whoever the two seed is in that in that situation. So, um, pretty good position for the Ravens if they can if they can squeeze into uh, into the playoffs. So, uh, great performance by them when they absolutely needed it. 
Um, and it, it makes that, that race, again, in the AFC, like we talked about, for the playoffs and, and some of those last spots, uh, all the more important. Him going to make this this last stretch very, very exciting uh, to see who kind of pulls it out. Um, not much else to talk about in, in the football. Everything else is kind of whatever, and we've, we've kind of spent a lot of time talking about other things almost too much time talking about the NFC East, which again, still exciting, but like I'm sick of talking about these teams that are just so bad and aren't going to do anything. Um, but there is still a battle at the top um, on who gets the, the one seed in the NFC. Who do you think will win out there? You got Steelers or Saints and Packers have the same record. I think the Saints technically have the one seed based on tiebreakers. Um, but then you have the Seahawks one game back, the Rams one game back, and the Bucks two games back. So, uh, what do you think happens at the top of that um, that conference? I think the Packers find a way to get the one seed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is having a phenomenal year um, at quarterback for them, so I think he he keeps them on the right track. I don't think Taysom Hill is good enough to lead a team yet through this stretch of the year um the rams are coming together but defensively built and i think it's too much of a hill to climb for them um so i'm gonna go packers yeah i would say the same um it doesn't look like drew Brees, even if he comes back would be the same type of player um Taysom's clearly not as strong or the type of quarterback they need in this scenario not that he's been bad or, or anything like that, but just when we're talking about number one teams in the in the league, I think you want a little bit stronger quarterback at that position. Yeah. Um, someone like an Aaron Rodgers who's won it before and, and one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, easy Hall of Fame uh, entry. So I actually have the Packers, too, getting the one seed. And also because of, I think, would be our unanimous game of the week anyway, Saints-Chiefs. It's going to be a tough game for the Saints to win, whereas the Packers have a pretty easy game. So I think they already take the, the lead in that, that situation. Um, and and I, maybe the Saints can pull it out. I, I, don't, I don't think so. But, um, but yeah, I think those are the, uh, the top two, though. I, I don't think the Seahawks have a defense that can squeeze them in, and I think the Rams are just... I think the Packers are just ahead of the Rams in that scenario, and and the Rams probably um, in the NFC West. It's a competitive division, so they got a couple of tough games to to kind of close out the year um, with the Cardinals and and who are fighting for a playoff spot, and the Seahawks who also want the uh, you know the division title. Um, so yeah, and, and the Packers are my pick to to go to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Now I've all obviously altered it, I but I I really like the way the Packers are playing. Um, so. I don't remember if I've said that yet before, but that's kind of who I think is going to come out of the NFC. Um, it'll be a fun, fun battle. We missed the, well, we were never really going to get the Mahomes Brady unless um, Brady could do something with the Bucks. but like getting a Mahomes Rogers Super Bowl would be, and very old school. That's like Super Bowl one, I, I think uh, chiefs Packers type of, of historical teams. Too bad you're going to get Mahomes golf though. So, What's that? Too bad you're gonna get Mahomes golf. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be fun too, though. It I'd would be good for that. Seeing, I, like, I want to see Dar. I want to see not Darnold. Um, Donaldson. Donald. Yeah, 
Aaron Donald, excuse me. Uh, I want to see him get in there. Um, but yeah, Rogers, Mahomes, I think that would be an exciting uh, um, Super Bowl. Yeah, when seeing the uh, Rams um, like defense go against the Chiefs uh, offense would be kind of exciting too. And then see McVay get a second shot, um, see what he learned from the first time and seemed he was being very conservative against Belichick. So see if he changes up his style, especially against an aggressive coach like Andy Reid. So a lot of fun options. I don't think anything would be disappointing um, across the board with any teams that make it, even if the Bills were to come out of the AFC somehow. I think that would be an exciting any any Super Bowl we could get is going to be a, I think a very exciting one the, the teams at the top are all very talented and and strong so very excited to see how that plays out um, switching gears to college football just very briefly um, we got your team in their first year in the ACC trying to win their first ACC title in football uh, but this time around, they have faced Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. So fully, uh, I don't know, fully healthy, but like pretty full strength Clemson team, um, specifically having Travis, or Trevor Lawrence at the helm. Um, so will be a very different game this time around, I would imagine, but still um, a very exciting game. That's the two seed against the three seed. And then obviously playing for a chance to, to make it to the college football playoff too. So uh, who do you think wins? And then... If either team loses, so I want to hear both scenarios, do you think they still have a shot at the college football playoff? It's a must. Uh, well, I think it's a must win for Clemson. They lose his two losses. Um, if Clemson wins, Notre Dame's still in uh, with the way their strength of schedule is. And, you know, Florida with the big loss last week, um, I think the ACC finds a way to get two teams in. I don't know if Notre Dame can beat Clemson twice. Kind of like you said, Lawrence is back. I think he's a massive game changer. Very competitive last game. Um, Clemson did get a penalty late that forced the game to overtime, but Notre Dame found a way to get the win. Um, They were able to shut down a lot of the run game for um, Clemson, but um, I'm looking forward to another competitive game. The Notre Dame defense is still outstanding. Ian Book, you know, he may be a game manager. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, um, so it won't be a feast for the Clemson defense. Um, but I think Clemson finds a way to get the win. I guess they would really flip-flop uh, spots. Clemson probably move up the two. Notre Dame drops to three. I think Ohio State will stay at four, um, maybe going to three and Notre Dame to four. Um, but I think it would just be a flip-flop two-three. But it would depend. I don't know if they, if college football would look at that and would Notre Dame really get punished because they don't want to see Clemson Notre Dame again in the uh, 2-3 game. Um, so, yeah, Clemson wins by 10 um, and two ACC teams in. I like that. I agree with that. I think Clemson loses and they're out. Um, but if – Clemson wins. I guess they would probably go to the two seed. Um, but like you said, I think the NCAA would want to avoid, if possible, another Clemson-Notre uh, Dame game immediately also. So uh, I think, yeah, unfortunately, the Notre Dame would have to be uh, going down to the four seed. I think the other interesting conversation is, has Ohio State done enough, played enough, Personally, I think they're the, the one of the, the most talented teams in the country. 
but they haven't played a lot of games due to COVID stuff. Um, and I, I think it's still kind of up in the air, the Big Ten title stuff. Um, so do you think they still have enough to even squeeze in as a, as a four over maybe another SEC team or even one of these mid-majors that's been pretty impressive this year? Uh, none of the mid-majors are going to get in. They're not even in the top six, so I'm not – I'm not worried about like a coastal Carolina or a Cincinnati sneaking in there. Uh, Big 10 changed the rules. So um, that uh, Ohio state will make it to the big 10 championship game. I think then there, if they went out, there's no reason for them to, to lose um, spots. Like they're in the four slot. If they went out and they dropped them to like five or something, there would have to be some serious explaining to do to, um, to be told of why they moved out. Yeah, I think Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame as like the one, two, three, four organized. Shocker. How exciting. <laughs> well, I actually think it would be very exciting though. And even well, I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be exciting games. I mean, more from a standpoint, and this goes bigger picture of like, oh yeah, these four teams again, like we get the same teams every year, I think. I think the only other teams that have ever made it are like Washington and Michigan State. LSU. So, who? LSU. And LSU. So that's a whole nother discussion of like, but I do think those games be good. As a Notre Dame fan, I don't care. I think they're very good and they deserve to be there. So Alabama, Notre Dame, been there, done that. Didn't go well the first time, but um, let's, let's do it again. And it'd be Clemson and Ohio State basically a rematch of last year too and i think that would also be very exciting um i think any matchup is exciting even if we saw clemson notre dame again it would still be a, a good uh, game to watch so i would want to see um ohio state clemson just to have possible two first picks against each other and, and um i'd say a lot yeah so i think that would be an exciting game i would i would i would want to see that um and then I don't get tired of Clemson, Alabama. I think that's a good rivalry now at this level. Um, those games have all been outstanding and lived up to the hype. Um, so I would definitely would have no problem seeing that again in the national championship. I know people are like, let's see other teams. Let's see new teams. And I, I mean, I don't get tired of these national championships with Clemson in there and Alabama in there. I, yeah, maybe I do want to see a new team at some point, but that new team better be good. I don't just want it to be just because, so. It's they've been leading to very strong games to watch and exciting games to watch. So I have no complaints. I do think you might start to see them thinking about maybe going to eight or six uh, teams. So which I wouldn't be against that either. I think it'd be fun to see a team like Cincinnati, who I was talking about. I think you said they're not in the top five, but they're right there at nine or eight. I think I've seen in in various polls. So I mean, do they have a chance of winning? No, but it'd still be fun. Like give them a shot. That'd be exciting. They they earned a right. They had a great season. So we'll see if they have a chance. Um, and I, that's what I love about basketball: giving those teams a shot that, you know, put up really strong performances. This is how you see Butler get to the title game two years in a row and stuff like that. Just it's a, anything can happen, and so it'd be exciting to just see because um, maybe you get those kind of weird, quirky matchups that um, make things pretty interesting and, and give hope to some of those other smaller conference teams. Um, but either way, I think we know that's going to be an exciting for whoever it ends up being. Um, we do also have some NBA news. Um, season is coming up next week. It will be starting, which is crazy because it feels like it just ended because it 
kind of did <laughs> like two months ago. Um, but still very exciting. Uh, we saw Giannis sign his Supermax, so he'll be with the Bucks for at least five years if he were to uphold his um, side of the contract, um, not asked to leave or Bucks decide to trade him for whatever reason. Um, so in that time frame, so we use his five-year window, um, does Giannis win a title before the contract ends? With the assumption he stays there. So does he win a title with Milwaukee in the five years? So let's call it four because he's an opt-out after four, right? Yeah, we can do four. I think he'd stay, but yeah. I think he would too. Um, man, oh, man. I'll give you my answer while you think. Oh, yeah. I think one. I think he does get one. You think he wins one. I think he's still he's still on the rise. He's still got some things to develop. I think Drew Holiday is a vast improvement over uh, Eric Bledsoe. Um, I think some of the young guys there. Hopefully, this coach has kind of learned a little bit uh, from his mistakes this last postseason and decides to uh, make some adjustments um, to how he kind of uses his players, uh, specifically when it gets to playoff time. Uh, I th- think we saw Middleton make a good step forward. So, um, yeah, I think I think they're able to to win one out. I think we're gonna see LeBron's gonna you know he's thirty six with a lot of minutes that we've more minutes than we've ever really seen from any players at his level, um, especially with this kind of t- turnaround from a physical and health standpoint. I don't think he'll have much left. Um, so I'm not too worried, even if they might be a favorite even to win again next year. Um, but still, four four years is actually a long time. Um, but yeah, I think I think he'll be able to to squeeze one out. Or I'm at, I'm going to be rooting for it at the very least too. That I can say I will be rooting for it without a doubt. Um, I think the East will still continue to be tough. Like I'm not saying the West isn't. Um, I think the 76ers are on the rise with Daryl Morey now, kind of running the show there. So I think that is a very interesting opponent. For the Bucks, I think the Celtics will continue to be good also. Um, so I think that's a tough road for them. And Miami. Like, we both loved Miami this year. Um, they might have been somewhat of a flash in the pan, but I still think they'll be good. Um, I don't know if they're still a championship contender. Um, but I guess they are coming out of the East. But, yeah, I'll agree with you. I think he finds a way to get one. Um coming out of the East. I think he could do that. Uh, like I've, we've, I've talked about before, like I don't bet against LeBron until he's, until he's going to be done. Um, the so Brady treatment. Yeah, exactly. The Tom Brady kind of treatment. And, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing it this year. Tom Brady is played well, um, but not. It's mm, clearly different. He's beatable. Um, so I'll, I'll be, Betting, I'll be the betting on LeBron until I can't anymore, though. So yeah, unless you see something, you have to. He has to kind of show some kind of decline, and obviously, other stuff could happen. Whether it's injuries, um, which they got very lucky with last year, um, so we could kind of see what happens with that. Uh, but you know, AD is still very young <laughs> and developing himself, so um, 
and there's some even, even some young talent that's showing some pretty strong performances in the uh, preseason so far. Um, but I think it will be – it's going to be very competitive. This is very wide open. I think even if you have the Lakers as your favorite to win, um, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. I think a lot of people are expecting Luka to make a, even a huge leap forward. I'm very excited for that. And a lot of people have him as like the favorite to win the MVP this year. So I think that will be really exciting, um, which is actually, he's actually um, the reason why I'm surprised Giannis signed. I didn't think that necessarily he would leave Milwaukee, but if he were to leave, it would have been the Dallas or Toronto were, were kind of my thinking. And I think a Giannis Luca comparison. That would be unreal. That would be dope. Oh my God! It would have been so much fun, and I think they would have won titles. That would have been like a MJ Scotty kind of level of uh, run there. I think um, not that they were home. Like obviously the Bulls drafted both of those players, but still, um, I think that would have been a run uh, that would have been very difficult to stop. <laughs> that, that that's a pairing I would love to see. I do like those two players a lot. Yeah, it's just a little too bad. I'm also very happy that Giannis decided to stay in Milwaukee too, though. But it would have been a very fun. Yeah, um, I'm glad he, he. I'm glad he was one of the players that like says one thing, you know, kind of like Kyrie Irving in Boston. Yeah, and was already gone. Like, you know, he um, Giannis said one thing, stuck stuck that way the whole time. Made true on it, so doesn't happen as much anymore so a lot of credit to Giannis on that yeah uh, I think he'll see a new attitude from him too uh coming out of uh, uh, into this season I think he's very hungry and I think we see that kind of um Shaq MJ Kobe LeBron level competitiveness from him and I think he he wants it um I think he he's been close um and, and really wants to, to cross over that threshold so um we very exciting um speaking of other superstars uh james harden we talked about wants to get traded uh that's continued and i think the rockets have even intensified some of their conversations with teams as of i think they're even expanding it beyond harden's hired locations which were philly and brooklyn um so do you think he gets traded not necessarily before the season starts but at, at some point this season do you see him playing on a different team yeah, I do. He, he turned down $50 million. Like, clearly he yeah. does not want to be there. Um, I think the Rockets are planting stories a little bit all of a sudden. These stories are... <laughs> the story about him flying to Vegas and stuff and... Yeah, so I think... Level of uh, <laughs> treatment. I think they're drop, trying to drop his... Well, they really wouldn't want to drop his value if they're going to try to trade him. So, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I do think he gets traded, but you know he's a superstar. But he, he still came back and dropped plenty of points for him. Um, and you talked about it. Houston went to a game seven with him, and if Chris Paul doesn't wreck his hamstring, who knows what happens in that game seven? So, you know, these are the things you deal with with superstars. They are you, you pamper your superstars. You pay them a lot of money because they're superstars. So. Yeah, Houston, you want to move on from him, but be prepared not to be very good after he leaves. Like he is a bona fide superstar. He's, I'm not gonna say he's one of the he's one of the best players in the league, but he's he's just outside of the best players in the league. But he's a superstar. Yeah, I mean his 
offensive game is is something we've not really seen before. I mean, the numbers he puts up are are actually kind of incredible. Um, I think some people say it's on par with like Wilt Chamberlain esque numbers, which is one of the most prolific offensive players in NBA history. Um, and that's someone that's not sitting next to the hoop either. <laughs> that's like a three point shooter, free throw shooter. You know, can kind of do it everything. Um, so, I mean, I think he's one of the most um, incredible, like, offensive players we've ever seen in the NBA. Uh, he's very creative and, and comes up with something new every year. We did – I don't even know if we've mentioned this yet, but we I, Russell Westbrook already got tra- uh, traded, so we got John Walls there now, um, which hasn't changed his perspective on anything. I think that's the surprising thing about his demand is that he – the team has been kind of built around him. Now, Daryl Morey left, and um, who is a GM that kind of helped build everything there, So, um, which is kind of why Philly is one of his other desired locations. Um, but it's where you kind of feel bad for the franchise. So, yeah, I think I've heard other people mention, like, they have kind of two options, the Rockets. It's either rebuild or try to win in a way that you're, like, you're at least competitive. Um, so depends on their reaction and I think those two things dictate who they trade with and I think I have two ideas um one of them's Philly that one still holds uh I think Dale Morey will be, would be very interested in trading for him um and I think they have an asset that they could use to do that and I think it would be Ben Simmons um and that's wow. kind of the, that's more of the contending one right now is like that's allows them to contend immediately uh i personally love ben simmons uh i think he's an incredible talent i would love to see him i think he's in the wrong system in philly um or he's not used correctly it would be interesting if doc rivers and and daryl morey kind of figure out a different way to use him um i think he's capable of shooting threes and he's still very very young um but i always think of a not as at the level of a magic johnson but a very comparable person to magic johnson where he's kind of the point forward and and has that capability and skill he's an elite defender um and like i said he hasn't even really fully like introduced or shown what he's capable of doing behind the three-point line although everyone always talks about how he's able to do it in in practices and and otherwise so it's 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 something that exists and we haven't fully seen it unleashed yet um and i think he will at some point um some people even think he doesn't even shoot with the correct hand, which is incredible. <laughs> like that's getting down a rabbit hole. That's dangerous. Ooh. I know, but that's there's rumors there, and I think that's like just insane that he's as good as he is, and he might not even be using the the right hand to to do everything. Um, so I think that would be a, uh, an incredible, and maybe the the Sixers have to throw in some other asset or draft pick or or another player in that trade. But I think a. Uh, I'd be one to be very excited for. I don't know about the Simmons wall pairing uh, and the rest of the talent around the Rockets, but I, I think they'd at least be competing for a playoff spot at that point. And just before you want to say something. Yeah, uh, are, are Embiid and Simmons close? It doesn't seem. I think there's contention there. Um, in theory, it should work, but the way the two games play together, it doesn't. So I think it would depend on how well Doc Rivers is able to kind of bring those two games together. I think they're fine. You're not hearing like drama like consistently, like you would have like with Kobe and Shaq and stuff like that. But it's, I think it's a little strained um, from 
I think, inside sources, but it's not, like, terrible either where they, like, absolutely hate each other. Um, but, yeah, my other one, and this is if they're in rebuild mode, would be a very interesting one, New Orleans. Seeing Zion play with Harden would be super fun. The Pelicans are loaded with assets, whether it's young, interesting players like Alonzo Ball and probably not Brandon Ingram anymore but because he just signed a big contract. But there's other young, talented guys there. They have a lot of trade assets. It's not a bad destination. As Zion uh, already put up a really impressive performance in one of the first preseason games. Um, and now he's got a full season, hopefully, of being healthy. And I think those two kind of their games might actually work really well together. So that could be a really fun, exciting one and, and maybe enough of a draw for Harden to, to be interesting. But I think that puts the uh, Rockets in very much in rebuild mode if they were to go in a direction like that. That's interesting. That's an interesting one. I haven't heard that one. I think Simmons brought it up on his most recent um, – there's either Simmons or Kirk Goldsberry when he was talking to Chris Ryan. Someone brought it up recently, and I was like, oh, that is an interesting idea. You think the Pelicans want that? That's the thing. I don't know. I think I don't even know if they're actually in the mix or not, but the way Kirk Goldsberry was talking about it was having been in like front offices before, it's always the deal you're not hearing about is the one yep. that happens. So no one's talking about the Pelicans, and yet they have – the pieces that could maybe put something together to, to, to do something like that. Just like we saw with Kawhi in Toronto, it was the deal. He said it was always Toronto, but no one was talking about it. So um, just some inside information from people that used to live in that world. Um, not that they have any information about the Pelicans being that team, but they just said sometimes it's, it's a team that you're not hearing about in the trade. Right. Any guesses for you on where you might go? I like it sounds like the 76ers idea makes sense. Um, but I don't know if Harden's going to get his way, you know. The, know. Houston's already thrown, you know, like I said, $50 million at him. I mean, I think that shows they would want him to stay. But um, I don't know what's going on in-house. He showed up and he played for Houston. Um I kind of like the John Wall Harden pairing. I'd, I'd like to see that a little more, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it is. I I think I will agree with the point that it's going to be a team we're not talking about. You know, um, I think the Seventy Sixers like Embiid and like Simmons and like the two of them. Um, so we'll see. We'll see from there. I think it is a team that we haven't talked about. Yeah. I, I think so too, and otherwise it's been too obvious. I just don't think the Nets uh, can pull anything together. Um, and Sixers talks, like, as obvious as it, as it is that it could be them, um, all signs point to nothing, no progress being made there. So um, that's usually not a good sign either. Um, so who knows? Um, but I think it'll be exciting. I definitely think he'll definitely, I just said that twice, but I think he will not be playing for the Rockets. Um at some point. Um, so with the season started, it's easy to just make random picks. We know how well I am at this. I, I picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, so if you had to pick a finals matchup, 
uh, before the season even begins, sans injuries and anything else that could happen to derail the season as it relates to COVID, which they're not doing a bubble this time around. So it could be interesting um, to see how successful this uh, second go around is for the NBA. Um, but if you had to pick a title uh, matchup and winner, who do you think you have? I'm going to go Lakers Nets with the Lakers winning. Wow. That's a fun one. So you think Durant is able to come back fully uh, ready? I think Durant's back. Uh, I think Kyrie will enjoy playing with Durant. Um, I don't really – I Kyrie's talented. Like, then there's no argument that, that that's the truth. And I think Kyrie will be in a comfortable place for him, which clearly he needs to be. Um, so I think the two of them are going to play very well together in the East and come out of the East against the Lakers. But I think – and I think that Kyrie LeBron matchup would be fun. Um, but I think I'll take the Lakers in six. I'll be a, a super fun matchup. And almost LeBron getting his revenge against KD because KD has gone toe to toe with him uh, twice and, and taking him down um, pretty easily too. Uh, although he was on the Warriors. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I think I don't want to pick the Lakers because like I feel like that's such an easy pick, but like I also don't really know who else would come out of the West. I think there'd be some fun ideas, like seeing Luca, like I said, make that leap to an even another level, which would just be insane. Um, but seeing the Mavericks get there again would be a lot of fun. Uh, the Nuggets would be a really fun team to see kind of cross that threshold too. Um, I just don't think they have that team to do it, but it would be fun. Uh, and I just don't think the Clippers are, are there. I would have probably said the Warriors, actually, if Klay Thompson hadn't gotten hurt. So that was that's too bad. And obviously, we don't know what trades end up happening either, which could obviously swing some of these uh, these teams and, and everything, too. I think, unfortunately, I have to go with the Lakers there. Um, just boring, I know. Um, Nets are a good pick. And I think... I think I'll go with the Bucks, and I think this is Giannis's year. I think Giannis wins it this year. I had him last year. Things kind of got stalled out, and, and who knows what could have happened if, if the pandemic doesn't happen and things kind of go straight through all the way. But I we could see that as a passing of the torch finals um, and LeBron kind of passing the torch over to, to Giannis, and I think him getting his contract and being super motivated now and, and kind of seeing the Bucks really go in, all in on him. Um, could be uh, the thing that kind of put them across the threshold. Um, so I'll I'll go in that direction. Obviously, a lot of things could happen. I I would be excited to see the Celtics kind of sneak in there too. I think. Oh, I, I'm always rooting for Celtics. So that'd be amazing. Yeah. I I don't think they're there yet though. Um, I think they need one more thing, and I don't know what it is, but they need one more piece, and it's probably a. a a big guy but i think they'll be uh competitive for sure so exciting though very excited to see the season come back um it's gonna be a lot of fun i think um uh, so looking forward to getting nba and basketball back again um so with that though we have our parks and rec rewatch which we had episodes seven eight and nine of season four um so our traditional um way of talking about these start with what was your favorite opening of the three episodes uh the invasion of privacy in episode nine 
it ends with Ron throwing his computer in the dumpster after he finds out Google Earth knows where he lives, what he types his address in. Um, I did like the Mighty Duck 2 reference in episode 7, though, uh, when Andy's like, ugh. No, I won't be Iceland. The bad guys in Mighty Duck too. So appreciated that reference, of course. But uh, I went with the episode nine invasion of privacy. I knew you'd love that. I wrote that down as one of my favorite quotes. But yeah, Leslie being like, uh, "Andy, do you want to be Iceland?" He goes, "The bad guys from Mighty Ducks too." No thanks. And then she's like, "How about Japan?" And he's like, "The bad guys from Karate Kid too. Even worse." <laughs> so great, great lines from Andy. Uh, but. Yeah, nine is definitely the strongest one. Uh, I actually had my second pick was the uh, the opening where Tom gets asked to redesign the Parks and Rec logo, and they literally just end with them laughing at Jerry because <laughs> they're like, "Oh, you can learn something from Jerry." And then Tom starts laughing, and then Donna starts laughing, and then Chris just starts laughing too at the same time. And then just Tom, because uh, it ends up being a bit later on, he goes. Uh, Jerry will be your number two. And Tom's like, can he be my number three? Number two is too close. And and then Chris is like, yeah, that's, that sounds right. Jerry, you're his number three. And he's like, there's only two of us. <laughs> I know. And he ends up being the, the number four person. Uh, but yeah, so just to be different, I'll say eight. I also really enjoyed. Um, so then favorite quotes or scenes from, from these episodes? Uh, I liked how Andy was trading Finland's army and everything else for lines <laughs> to protect the country. Uh, um, Leslie telling Ben, the only thing I'll be waving is your decapitated head on a stick in front of your mother. And everybody's just like, oh. Well, weeping mother. <laughs> oh, yes, weeping mother. And everybody's like, well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Uh, the Jerry laughing at Jerry from the beginning. Um, uh watching Andy go from class to class, Gortar, and then just walking out of class, uh, strumming it. Um, Leslie telling, geez, I can't believe I, I'm blanking on her name now. And Perkins, telling Ann Perkins, shut your beautiful pie hole. Um, <laughs> trying to tell her it's her fault and she steamrolled people. Um, and then the intro to women's studies stuff was pretty funny that episode, especially at the end of the finale when Andy's trying to um, <laughs> put a positive spin on procrastin um, on prostitution. And he just gets to the end, there's like, no. He's like, yeah, I got halfway through it and I didn't think, no, that didn't make any sense. Um, the court scenes, I loved it when April um, – stood up and started going nuts on everybody. And I thought that was a great scene by her. I love when April erupts um, into everything like that. Um, and then she said, any woman caught laughing is a witch. And she just looks up at the camera, it's true. Um, <laughs> and Jerry is Gary, but Jerry. How surprised were you by that? Not really, I mean, not really surprised, especially what he said. Like I got called Jerry on the first day I worked here and it's just, I didn't correct it. Like that is a very Jerry thing to do. Um, so those were my highlights. Those are my biggest highlights. Yeah. Yo, uh, that bit gets carried out further along throughout the rest of the, the show too, in various ways. So you, you'll enjoy that. I think um, when I thought it was good when they're, 
have a talking head with Ben and he's explaining that him and Leslie are friends and he says, it's fun. It's fun. And he just says it like five times. <laughs> then he just literally just ends the sentence. It's fun. <laughs> uh, that was good. I had Andy trading all the, all of his country's resources for lions and being like, I don't know if that means anything, but I definitely have the most lions. <laughs> if that ends up meaning anything, then I definitely will win. Um, the, the guy that's interviewing for Tom's job, Keith. Um, and they say like, Oh, what do you want to get out of this job? And he goes, Oh, um, in like a, in about a month. And they said, no, not, Oh, he said what? Not when? Oh, like a month's pay. <laughs> and then they're like, Hey, if you put it, put into this scenario and then Tom like got like two sentences in, he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa that's like way too much. He's like, I just started. And he just stands up and like leaves the interview. And he goes, I think it went pretty well. I'm not sure what I interviewed for, but I think it went well. Um, and then Andy's saying, if you rearrange the letters of Europe, you can spell Peru. <laughs> uh, that was good. Um, the, oh yeah, I had Andy saying Gortar as well. Um, and then Ron giving, uh, Andy the, uh, Ron Swanson scholarship. I thought that was a touching moment, um, between those two characters. And then, uh, and talking with Ben about how he she steamrolls everything, and she's like, "Yeah, one time she made me eat an entire cheesecake." And she go, and Ben's like, "Why didn't you just throw it away?" And he goes, "Uh, because like I would do anything for her." P.S. It was delicious and amazing, like everything she does. <laughs> I thought that was a nice little touching moment. Um, I had Tom switching Jerry to his number four <laughs> after, but he gives uh Jerry ends up giving Jerry credit. All of Chris's vitamins and supplements he takes when he's running the more and more and more just takes it all out uh, of his thing. When Leslie uh, asks uh, Andy for coffee and he brings her a bunch of coffee, she takes off the cover and just starts scooping out whipped cream from the coffee cup. <laughs> it's just a coffee cup full of whipped cream. <laughs> uh, so just continuing to, to have that happen. Um, and then Leslie asking all the like Andy and Ron for help. And then, Andy's like too confused. He doesn't understand what is asked. And then April has to go help him. And then she asks Ron to do something. And Ron's like, I don't know any of those people. And Donna's like, seriously, with the men in this office. And then she has to go help Ron. So it's like all the women are, are running the uh, the job to, to make sure everything goes well. Um, and then just a big moment of Ben resigning uh, to save Leslie's job. Um, not that she was likely to be fired. I told you that bribery thing would come back. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that right away. Uh, but yeah, Ben resigning uh, as his moment, and then um, also them just deciding to, uh, you know, Leslie having such a difficult time with it, and then just being like, "What if we just said screw it? I I just know what I want, and I want you, and I don't really care about everything else, and um, them kind of sacrificing their careers to to be together potentially." I think it's a fair assumption she would have been fired. It's possible. I think that the I think you kind of have to assume that, or else he just resigned for no reason. Yeah, but I think it was just to save it, just in case, and uh, and, and that kind of like being a huge uh, moment for for them as a couple to kind of save their relationship. Um, and Leslie, because you know her job and and government is so important to her. So, uh, any things you didn't like? Least favorite scenes or moments? 
I didn't love episode seven. Um, I thought the whole UN thing was kind of drawn out. I get, I, I understand they had to build the tension between Ben and Leslie a little bit more and show that. Um, but I think they did a fine job of that in episode eight um, with the, the little park stuff and stuff like that to show the tension between the two of them. Cause we kind of reverted, like they end episode seven with a treaty and then it reverts right back in episode eight to Ben being like, yeah, I'm not working with you anymore. Yeah. So like, it was a quick little flip flop kind of filler episode. Um, and it, it just, I don't, I like Leslie does get competitive. Obviously she's competing with Ben, but I don't think she would have turned on the kids like that, like in a lot of other situations. So, um, but yeah, so episode seven in general, not my favorite, a little redundant, I think after how well they did episode eight and nine. Yeah. She just getting, um, it's almost like she was just realizing what was happening and she just didn't know how to handle it. And so she like overreacted just like, when she was the one that declared war on Ben first and, you know, Ben didn't have to escalate things either, but you know, it was just the tension was building between the two, but I agree is the tension about the smallest park was more, almost like realistic um, and expected because you could see it just kind of reaching to a point um, where it's getting too difficult and you were seeing kind of Les Leslie's worst qualities um, come out at, in terms of like her just being a, a bulldozer and, and taking people down um, just to get whatever she wants. Um, so it was good that people stood up to her um, and, and Ben both um, to kind of like put her in, in her place and, and help her realize um, that she needed to, to kind of recognize uh, what she was doing. Um, did you have a favorite side character, the best side character appearance? had to go with george williams or ethel like george, george williams was an incredibly important character for the plot line like you brought that back you know his moment in the courtroom might not have been massive or like the amount of time he was on camera but his presence was huge towards the all of episode nine um and i thought ethel was cute dragging her around you know put her in the back seat of the car making her read everything off um so one of those two characters, I might lean towards George Williams just for the fact of how important his testimony and um, his interactions from little Sebastian's memorial all the way to this have really impacted the show in a big way. Yeah, I I was between Ethel Beavers and uh, the guy that was interviewing for Tom's job, the Keith character, because it was a really funny moment. Um, but I went with Ethel Beavers because I think the significance I mean, she's the one that reads um, the moment that they're in love with each other, essentially. Like, she's in there, and that's the first time they've shared that um, with each other. And it happened through her uh, in both scenarios. So um, I think that was a it's a, obviously a huge moment for Ben and Leslie's relationship. And she was the, the kind of, like, um, the way it happened like she was a driving force to uh share that with all of us and help them see that so important for her um favorite character over the three episodes this was tough um but i think leslie won me over um especially in episode eight you know and like you said screw it let's, this is what i want let's do it and just pushed everything aside and um as you watch the show you know how important you know, 
getting a chance to run to office has been for her and her public service um, has always been a massive thing for her. So watch her do that um, and then really fight for it was very impressive. I give Ben a lot. Of, Ben's a close second though with his gesture at the end of episode nine, but I think I'll go with Leslie. Yeah. And just, I was between those two as well. Um, and I think I've been giving a lot to Ben, but I think again, he's just, his character has been really big this season. Um, and I think he said like, that was a huge gesture. He was the first person to say technically that I, he was in love with the other one. He's helped push Leslie to make the change that was necessary to allow their relationship to continue. Um, you know, helping her recognize that she was making mistakes and, you know, and taking a stand for himself too. Like, Hey, like this is really difficult for me and you're, you, me being around you is really hard. So I can't do this. Like, this is too difficult for me and you can't just tell me I have to be your friend because it's what you want. Like, it's too hard for me to try to be your friend right now. I can't do that. Um, and kind of like taking that stance and then eventually, um, you know, making the, the last gesture, uh, to help you know, her continue to, to have her career, um, and, uh, and taking the blame and full responsibility for it. So big moment, uh, for them as a couple and for his character, um, because I think he's not one to, to kind of do that kind of stuff. Um, generally, like he's very conservative and quiet and, and reserved and, um, decided to, uh, you know, he's got something worth fighting for, um, that I think he hasn't previously had. Um, so big moments for him. Uh, favorite episode? Nine. The uh, the big trial episode? Yeah, big trial episode. Um, looking forward to seeing how their relationship grows in the future. Um, pretty serious, you know. I, I kind of maybe I'll take the end of episode eight into episode nine. You know, Leslie makes that massive stance that sets up the courtroom. Um you saw a different side even to Chris Traeger and why he's so, you know, dead set on that rule and, you know, why he does these things. And he shows like all the pills he has to take to stay positive because he hates himself for having to do what he's doing, but he does such a, this difficult thing, which he normally doesn't do. He normally passes this off to Ben, but he can't do it in this situation. Um, of going after someone because he knows it's, he knows it's the right thing to do. Uh, so I think it was an interesting episode for Chris Traeger as well. And then like I said, Leslie and Ben have escalated to just a whole different level. Yeah. His, his character, you really get to see him actually like doing his job and like also being a friend to those two. Cause they're super important people, specifically Ben in his life. And he has to tell them like, I love you too, but I also have to do this yeah. because of what my job means and like you know who we represent and who we do this work for and we can't have this kind of work and and the you see the amount of thought like when even leslie's surprised and she's like 15 witnesses you're bringing 15 people to the stand and chris is like i have to do my research and i have these beliefs i have these thoughts based on what i kind of know about your relationship that i don't think you're telling me everything and he ended up being right on that yeah he was because they had, I don't know if they had forgotten about the bribery thing because it was such a minor detail and, and maybe even felt like a while ago. Um, but like he ended up not being completely wrong. I, he was wrong on two of the three things that he, they uh, thought she was lying about. Um, but they, he got on one of them. 
Um, and that's just him trying to make sure he does his job correctly and, and does right by the people that he represents. Um, and he explained that to Leslie to kind of make that clear. Yeah, I think it's a good pick um, for a lot of reasons that you mentioned. Um, I'll go with eight, though, because I think it it's the initial um, moment of uh, Leslie kind of really, you know, making that change in her, recognizing the change in her personality. Like Ben saying, like, I was a little surprised when you left me the one voicemail as opposed to your normal 20 voicemails. And, and she's like, yeah, I was trying to be a little bit less um, aggressive and stuff like that. And then even when she's like, this is what I want, but like, what do you want? <laughs> like, let's like, I want to hear what you have to say too. Like, how do you feel about this? And, um, normally she wouldn't be like that. She just be like, you know, you, you're, we're going to do this thing in this way. And, and she was, you know, sharing her thoughts and her heart and, uh, laying it all out there and risking her career and, and everything else as a result of it, reputation. And cause that's, she just knew how she felt. Um, and you also get to see, you know, Tom and Jerry was a fun pairing working together and uh the andy april ron moment again like just the andy ron dynamic the father father son kind of uh, relationship that those two have um was a, another fun pairing in that episode so um yeah i thought there was just a lot of good in, in episode eight so um very plot driven episode they didn't have a lot of, we were talking about this earlier um not a lot of like funny moments and, and scenes and stuff um but like very much saw the storyline progress and 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 take a lot of leaps um in just a short three episode stretch so um as i can imagine there's probably going to be even more of that to come uh throughout the rest of the season so that was seven eight and nine uh i don't know how you feel about do you want to do want to take a break we'll just catch up again in in january yeah let's do that we'll see everybody after the new year yeah so we'll pick this back up uh with 10, 11, 12, or maybe we can expand it to six um, for because we'll have a little bit more time. Do you want to do that? We'll do six for the next. Sure. That will make it more interesting to you as we pick episodes and openings and stuff. So, yeah, we'll do 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So 10 through 15 um, when we get back together in January. A lot more sports news I'm sure we'll be talking about um, when that comes around. So we'll see everyone in the, in the new year. Um, happy holidays and uh, happy new year.